Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true, and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood, and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss episode two of Once Upon a Time called Whiteout. So today is going to be very interesting because Trina and I have not discussed our show notes based on what we saw on Once Upon a Time. So just like you, we're going to be hearing each other's reactions for the first time. We're going in blind. Yes. So before we start, let's give a couple shout outs out. All right, so we're going to start off with iTunes rating and review. Because thanks to you, we're getting some great exposure on iTunes. We landed on one of the top lists of iTunes for podcasts. And we're so honored that you've taken the time to give us your feedback, show your passion and love for the show and for this podcast. We greatly appreciate it. So I just want to give a specific shout out to L Podcast, Anthony Tran. Thank you, my man. T. Lynn. And then Nick at 5 Minutes with Dad, Dr. Lilo Bush, and ETZ1970. Thank you so much for leaving us a rating and review. Big major hug to you guys. And again, seeing our show, you know, the Beyond Storybook cover art in iTunes right there in one of the front pages for podcasts, specifically TV shows, it was I was like, whoa, we made it. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. And we enjoy the feedback and keep it coming. And we want to hear from you. So thank you so much. All right, let's go to our first voicemail that we have. It's from Justina. And she had also some theories about last week's episode that we want to kind of dive into real quick. Yes, and just because it was last week's episode, this is still brewing. Got to remember, they, well, I won't get into that. Let's just play her clip. Hi, this is Justina for Beyond Storybrooke. So Regina thinks that she can get villains happy endings by finding the person that wrote the book and rewriting the book. The problem with that is, if she rewrites the book, it could have irrevocable consequences for the timeline. And also, Robin fell in love with Regina because just like himself, he was a thief who became a hero. And she was an evil queen who, throughout season 3, became quite a hero herself. But... If she tries to regain his love by evil means, then I don't think that he will love her and she won't get her happy ending after all. The other problem in this week's story was Mr. Gold. He's getting a happy ending with Belle, but he's found a new magical object and magic holds a great seduction over him and I am afraid that he is going to choose magic over his love of Belle, just like he chose magic over the love of his son. Thank you for bringing Once Upon a Time to Golden Spiral Media. Justina, that's great feedback. And a lot of the stuff that you said, I definitely agreed with. First and foremost is, we kind of didn't dive into it last week, but you said if Regina had found somebody or had found the writer of the book, it would pretty much change and have consequences for everybody else, which I definitely agree with. I mean, as you saw... 
when we went back to the past and we changed one little thing, it changed everything else. So her finding that book and trying to rewrite so that villains get happy endings will definitely change everything else storyline wise. And I like what she said. She's going to change the one element that she is fighting for. So if she does change, then she probably won't end up with Robin because Robin fell in love with her because she became a hero. And I really, really like the metaphor that you use between Robin and Regina. They both are considered villains Mm -hmm. in a sense. And then they ended up being the hero. Like you said, if Regina used evil means to, to get her love, then of course Robin wouldn't, wouldn't want to be with her. And another thing that you did mention, and we kind of talked about again last week, will Rumpel choose magic over love? And as you stated, you believe he will. You don't think that love is strong enough between him and Belle. But I got to ask this. Do you think that maybe his love for his son is different than his love for another woman? For Belle. For Belle. Now, and in the sense, I do agree with you, Justina, that he is going to pick magic over love because he did remember take that dagger with Belle thinking that she had it to go kill the Wicked Witch. Again, we have two powerful beings. You have the Evil Queen and then you have Rumpelstiltskin, a.k.a. Mr. Gold. They're dealing with trying, they're, they're struggling with their craving for power. They're craving for controlling their situations to better serve them. So we have Mr. Gold holding on and he wants to go ahead and just start using his magic like he always does. No. Same thing with the evil queen, Regina. She wants to go back to the evil queen because she feels that's where all her problems will be solved. So we have these two characters, very powerful, who are kind of on the low scale right now, but they really have, to me in my eyes, the biggest problems that can affect everybody. Right. They're always on the fence. With how powerful they are, they're always on the fence and they could go either way. So thanks again, Justina, for the feedback. We really appreciate it. You know, keep it coming. Uh, We love to hear from you. So now we're going to head over to our email because we've received an email from Elena or Eliana. Sorry for getting your name wrong. It's to me, it's one of those two. So if if it's neither of them, let me know. (laughs) Trying my best. (laughs) All right. So Eliana has a theory. So she writes, my theory is what if Hans found the letter Elsa and Anna's mother wrote about the original Snow Queen and she was their aunt and their mother banished the Snow Queen because she's evil and the Snow Queen cursed their mother by saying one of her children will have ice magic and be perceived as a villain. So Hans decides to find the Snow Queen and team up with her and they go see Rumpel for the urn to trap Elsa so he can rule her kingdom. Boom. Those are some... Hardcore theories where I, I, when I read that, I was blown away. I was like, what? <laughs> that is a great theory and almost similar to what I was thinking. Really? Which we will, you know, kind of discuss in the game changer moment of the episode. But Eliana, that, that is spot on. I really like that theory. Great theory. And, you know, keep it coming. Like I said. Yeah. You're gonna, your theory is going to play a key point later on in this episode and a very hot topic for the show. So this is not the only time we're going to bring this up because it's just so powerful what you gave us there. It sounds like this could resonate throughout the season and we'll slowly see your theory possibly unfold. So let's go ahead and do the quick recap. Again, just want to 
bring everybody up to speed because I don't know about you, when I get caught up in the story, I just kind of focus on one area and then forgot the little bits surrounding. So go ahead. All right. So real quick, we see that um, Elsa is finally discovered discovered in Storybrooke and they know what she's there for. She's there to find her sister. We see a pass between David and Anna. They have some kind of history and we meet a new character, Bo Peep, of all people, who is not the typical Bo Peep that I grew up knowing. Not the one in Toy Story. Right. <laughs> and then Snow has her mayoral duties. And Regina is in hiding. And then the the last thing we see is that there's a new ice queen in town. So that's your quick recap. Let's dive in. Let's do it. So we're going to head over to our very lovely dark-haired woman, Miss Snow White. She's now the mayor. <laughs> now, one thing that, I don't know, what's he's kind of... I know he's grumpy, but he's also Mr. Loud and, and proud because he needs to be heard. He's always the guy who's running through the town and snow monster and screaming at. <laughs> to me, he's really like he's too much. And then he's telling off a lady who just had her baby and she's forcing her to go do what you have to do. You're the mayor now. I don't care what you have to do, but you better start acting now. Like, dude, calm down. But she, but she put him in a, in his place, though. Oh, I love that scene. I really love that scene. I was like, yes, girl, tell them, stand up for yourself. So I, you know what? I, I kind of forgot that she's technically the mayor because she recursed everybody to go back to Storybrooke after they had left. So when he said that, I was like, what? I was like, oh, that's right. He is the mayor, and Regina hasn't, you know, doesn't want anything to do with it. Is that what makes the mayor? Well, according to Grumpy's theory, I think that's how you become mayor. I don't think Regina is any kind of position to act as mayor right now. I mean, we barely saw her in in last night's episode. Yeah, that kind of threw me off. I wasn't aware of that. But, you know, we have Mr. Loud Grumpy to tell us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So speaking of Regina, let's, you know, of course she wasn't in last night's episode, but we see that the reason why she's not in that episode is I think she's kind of in hiding. You do see her. You see her once at the end, but again, Henry is the key to her heart. So the only reason why she actually opened the door was for Henry. Henry has his way of, one of today's themes was to never give up. And when he heard that, it resonated so strongly with his heart when it came to his mom. So he went over there and just kind of gave it to her. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to leave. I'm your son. You know, this, this is that. You know, I'm, I'm here. You better open it up. He told her very angrily, and that pretty much did it. Henry is the key to her heart. And I think the reason why she wanted to keep him away was, I think she was kind of struggling still with going back to that dark side to get what she wants. So if she was, if Henry was there, you know, it's hard for her to think that way because she has so much love for him that you can't do anything but good. One thing, though, I just want to really quickly mention. I saw that crow delivering that message, and I immediately thought Maleficent. Oh, really? Yes, I just thought of Maleficent. Like that—that's—that's that's the mess. Her messenger, and I'm thinking, please bring her back or bring that story back. Just tie it all together and make it all connect. They probably will. But when I saw that crow, I thought I had a flashback of Snow White's, you know, the crow's always watching over her and her surroundings. So I knew it was a message from the queen because that's what's associated with the queen is a black crow. So I was like, oh, I I wasn't sure what to expect. I was like, is something big going to happen? But it was just a note Mm -hmm. to Henry that she wasn't ready. 
So let's switch over to a very cold side of the story, <laughs> and that is with Elsa and Emma. And you see here in this storyline, to me, it was very predictable what was going to happen. And, and that doesn't make me disappointed in the story. It just, it has to happen. There, there needs to be something that connects them to Elsa. And this was the moment where Emma, who better to connect with her, who gets trapped with her, and it starts to create a relationship with Elsa because they finally talk a couple things out and there's an understanding. Again, Elsa is a person who's very misunderstood and that's more of her fault. We see that in this storyline. When Elsa comes to town, we don't know exactly what she's there for. For all the people know is that, you know, she's there freezing everything, trying to cause harm until we finally found out what she truly was there for. And that's to find her sister. But, you know, you bring up Elsa and Emma and there's a couple similarities, some a stretch. I'll, I'll give you that. But the first and foremost thing that stuck out to me was that they both have powers that they can't necessarily control quite yet. They're powerful, but they don't really know how to control it yet. Like when, when Emma was trapped in there, she tried to use her power, but she couldn't. She hasn't had that guidance. I mean, you, Regina has tried to teach her, hey, you know, powers come with emotions. Let that shut. Let that come through and that's when your powers are activated. And then you have Elsa who's been told her whole life, that's evil. That's very evil to have. You shouldn't be doing it. But one question that I have is that she knows when she takes off those gloves, she knows the consequence. The gloves are, are kind of that grounder to her, I don't know, snowstorms is that, hey, as long as you have the gloves, nothing like this is going to happen. She just like, first thing she comes into town, you know, Miss Thing just gets out of the portal, throws her gloves to the side. And it's like, okay. But I think at that point, though, she's on a mission. So she took it off. And, you know, she didn't know what to expect in that world when coming through the portal. So if anybody was ready to harm her, she's ready to harm them right back. That's right. So I think that's why she took the gloves off because she doesn't know anybody over there. And, And, you know, another thing, too, about Elsa and Emma is that. They both have to kind of believe and accept their powers in order it for it to... They're kind of in that mode where they don't really believe in themselves yet as being powerful or they don't accept that they have this power. So it gets out of control. Until they yeah. both finally do that, they kind of, you know, you see Elsa break through the ice. You know, at first she was scared because she didn't know what was going to happen. They could have... She could have killed them. And this is where a couple times throughout the episode, this is the second message in this episode was... Uh, So the first one was never give up. The second one was survival is not enough. You have to live. And this is where both Emma and Elsa, they realize that for themselves. Emma gets really scared that she's trapped. She's not with her parents. She's not with Hook. Hook is there fighting for her. He's really anxious. And it's funny because it opens up with David's kind of like, well, we have to talk about this relationship about my daughter because he's not a big fan of Hook. So together, they actually bond in trying to save the same person. When that's happening, I think they both realize, Elsa and Emma, they, they do have to stop just surviving and just getting through. They just have to really accept their life and live it to the fullest. Right. They're always struggling with, with trying to accept. Identity. Yeah, definitely. They don't, you know, Emma has this thing where she's the savior and she's, doesn't know how to deal with that. And then you have Elsa who at a pretty young age becomes the queen. 
And she doesn't know how to deal with that. So can I just say something really quick? Yeah. I couldn't help myself, but while I was watching this episode, I thought of Titanic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did, you didn't think about Titanic no, when this happened? I did not. No. <laughs> I was like the cold lips, the ice. And then she's, I don't know. I thought of Kate Winslet. Oh my gosh. Did you hear my heart will go on in the background? A oh little bit. A little bit. I was like, very- <laughs> no, not at all. I didn't even think about it. Don't come back. <laughs> I don't know. I had to think about it. And I started laughing because you see Emma, she's acting that out. And I was like, oh, this is Titanic status. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Well, okay. So there's other two comparisons between Elsa and, and Elsa and Emma. And they're kind of a stretch and, you know, whatever. But it to me, like, they're bo- their names both have four letters and start with an E. Elsa, Emma. Whoa. And... They both obviously have blonde hair. Whoa. So it's like, hmm. I don't know. I, that's what I saw when I saw I was like, hey, you know, I, maybe it's a stretch kind of like linking them together. But besides them having powers they can't control, they're both blonde. They both have names that start with E. And they both um, need to accept the, the pressure the that was put on them. And they end with an A. Right. Wow. That's that's hardcore. <laughs> like dissecting. I'd. I'm kind of the watcher that just takes in the story and I'll, my mind quickly tries to predict things, but I don't, I don't, I don't try to go too far. And connect things. Yeah. I, Cause I don't want to ruin the story for me. Mm-hmm. And then I like to hear like the feedback we're getting. Um, they help me think more. So yeah, well, things like true. that, like I didn't even think about the names and their <laughs> connections. I know there's a lot of similarities, but I didn't know these other little ones that are so minor. intricate and. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty minor, but. I had to throw it out there real quick. That's pretty good. All right. So let's get to the meat of, I think, I think it was the meat of last night's episode. We see Anna and David actually have a history and Anna goes to the Enchanted Forest or Mist Haven as they called it. And the first person we see her meet is David. And this was pre-charming. This was before he was even charming, even before he was even a courageous fighter. It stated Many years ago. <laughs> and I wanted to bring that up because uh, you said in, I think when we were talking, we even said in the last episode, like, what is the timeline? Do you notice that when they talk about Elsa and Anna, it's it's always a long, long time ago or many years ago? So this had to, seeing that Elsa was there before David became Prince Charming, kind of puts a, a timeline together of when they existed. The timeline is very confusing for me. At times, I think that it's very parallel to theirs and just maybe a couple months, uh, a couple, I don't know, days behind the, the what's going on in Storybrooke. Especially because, you know, one one clue that made me think that this was very many years ago was that when Elsa picked up a newspaper, she saw that they had the necklace in Mr. Gold's shop. And Mr. Gold's shop has things from way back then. I, I doubt somebody's going into his pawn shop like daily mm-hmm. and putting these things in there. So again, it'd be interesting, but we have to go back to this timeline. Like how do we draw this out? Um, because I I wouldn't know really exactly where to put them other than this episode does reveal, hey, Anna met David before he was even really David. You also, I also wonder too, uh, 
different portals, different dimensions have mm-hmm. what have you. Is there a different timeline? You know, like you said, are they going in the same timeline or is like so, maybe I'm going way too above or you know, kind of stretching here. But my question is are the different, you know, worlds or areas, portals that you go through, is there a different timestamp? Well, that makes me think about too when Huck and Emma went back to um they were put in the past and they had to change history uh, because they messed it up and they stayed there. It seemed to me they were there for quite some time, but when they got back to Storybrooke, every, everything was left off just as they were. The, the party was still going on inside Little Red Riding Hood, or what is it? Grandma's the diner. Diner. So that is just very confusing to me because it seemed like days had passed in the Enchanted Forest, but when they returned back to Storybrooke, it was only a matter of minutes. Another thing, too, is the Enchanted Forest the only magical place? Because they kind of put it that way. Because Arendelle, mm-hmm. you know, Anna was saying that in Arendelle, there is no magic. So when she came here and they saw Pope Peep, of all people, the powerful warlord <laughs> of the time. Yeah. She's like, oh, there's magic here. Yeah, that was another key that they shared with us. Arendelle is known as normal folk. And the Enchanted Forest is where... It's filled with magic. And it's right. it's kind of seen as a bad thing. Going back to Aliana's feedback, maybe that was, it's perceived wicked for a reason. But here we have mentioned, it's finally known, this is why Aunt, our Elsa was seen as evil, to have these powers. Even though she means, you know, kind, she's heart, kind-hearted and everything, but this is her sister doing homework for her. Like, wait... There's magic here, and her name's Ruth in the story. She's so afraid to even say Rumpelstiltskin that she has to write it down. Because I guess if you call Rumpel, if you just say his name, he appears? He's summoned? Is that how it works? I think he knows when you're talking about him, because when she said that, you saw that he's looking into that crystal ball or whatever he had. That's right. And he saw that Anna's going to go look for him. Ah, yes, I forgot about that. Which brings us to the... To her mission. So is her mission to go there to find him and, so to speak, cure Elsa of the ice magic. It's not really clear, but she is going, you know. I think see. he. she wants to go to figure out what were the plans of her parents. Ah, good take. I didn't even think about that. I think that's that was part of their mission that, they, you know, they passed away on the way there. But I think that she knows... Hey, they went to go see Rumple for a reason. Let me go find out that reason and see if I can help my sister out. See if there's a cure. See if there's like a rehab for it. Because that's pretty much <laughs> what she was asking Ruth. Hey, right. is there a way? There's is there a support group for this? Is there a re- <laughs> is there some way to help these individuals? Because she really wants to help her sister. And you and you see that in Anna. She does just want to help because she actually teaches David how to fight with the sword. Her of all people. And, you know, he says later on in Storybrooke that he pretty much owes his life to her. Oh, he does. Because thanks to her, he's gained the confidence in himself and to protect those that he cares and love. Again, that message, survival is not enough. You must live. And he, she, she wanted this to get imprinted into his mind so that him and his, is that his aunt Ruth? Is that his mom? I thought that was his mom. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. his mom. So she, she saw how poorly they were living under the power and control 
of Miss Little Bo Peep. So she was disgusted by it. She said, you can't do this. You're a man. You have this will. You just need to activate it. And she, that's why she was kind of provoking him. Come on, let's fight. Let's fight. Don't give up. And she would, he would quickly just say, you know, I'm in this mourning because of loss and I don't need more loss. And he, she calls her out, says, you're a coward. And she she was kind of like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, but you know what? I mean it. (laughs) Which is ironic because, you know, uh, the Wicked Witch took his courage. Yeah. So, you know, Anna did really bring out the courage in him. Yeah. We have to thank, we have Anna to thank for that. So let's get into this little Bo Peep or Bo Peep as we saw. So very interesting and unique twist to add, what, what is that, a nursery rhyme to these fairy tales? Yeah. She's a nursery rhyme character, mm-hmm. right? She is. You know, it's very unique and interesting that Little Bo Peep, they bring Little Bo Peep in and it's a nursery rhyme. They're bringing these nursery rhyme characters into this fairy tale mix. And a very bitter, <laughs> bitter, bitter, mean one. It's just controlling. I don't know. She's a little too mean. She's a character you want to hate because she's that bad. I mean, like with Regina, you love to hate her, but you love her at the same time. Bo Peep is your hater and you just hate her and her sheep is you know these humans that she enslaves with her staff and what she says is brands them so i like the twist of having her be this powerful warlord when you know we think of little bo peep who lost her sheep just a little (laughs) girl and this is some lady with the staff and collecting slaves so what do you think is going to be the connection there because this is not the end of little Bo Peep. This is the first time we see her. And then I was, I was right when I was thinking it, they show it that she is in Storybrooke and her and charming. This is, I think the first person that I see charming have such a, like, like he has such a stern and firm He's interaction with her. And I, I like that. He still stands up to her. He just says, no, in this world, I don't care what you have to say. I'm not controlled by you. So that begs the question, what happened to her powers? If everybody else got their power, what happened to hers? Because that staff, you know, that, you know, doesn't leave her side. But if she had that staff and she branded people, then they would be her slave and her beck and call. So what happened in between where she lost that? We're probably going to find out more about little Bo Peep. And honestly, I don't know if she can be trusted at the the lamb or the meat uh, yeah, <laughs> as a like butcher. That. I know. That's ironic. I wonder though, I just I just thought of something. Anna's necklace. I wonder if her power is in there. Be- the reason why I say this is because when you flashback, she had that necklace mm-hmm. around her neck and it seemed like, you know, that was her, her power. Maybe, you know, at first, at first glance, that's what I thought. Like all her power was in that necklace. I'm not so sure about that. I thought it was just the the simple symbolism of let me just take this out from you because it's not yours and I'm going to go save my friend because he tied her up. So I think her powers lie within her staff, not necessarily within her maybe. But why doesn't her staff work? Does it have a connection to the necklace? Do they need to be hand in hand? I don't think so because she had her power before she ever met Anna. And Anna's had the necklace the whole time. That's true. What if she transferred everything there? What? Hmm. You, you know, that's, yeah. I, we don't know because the, 
the question that first came to my head was, how is she in Storybrooke and doesn't have her powers when everybody else got their powers? Mm. So there's something key with that, with Anna's necklace. A part, the, the second thought that I had was maybe she was entrapped in that necklace. They can't find her, but they could hear her heartbeat with yeah. the staff, right? They don't see where she's at, but they hear her heart beating. But then again, it goes, who trapped her in there? So Maybe the staff needs to be in the right hands. Maybe Bo Peep is the only one who activates it properly. Not sure. So, yeah, it can be very good, confusing. Yeah, that is a good point too. But remember to f- when when uh, David took the staff from her back in time to try to find Anna, right. it showed exactly where she was at. Hmm. There's more to little Bo Peep. I so. definitely think there's some with that staff and the necklace though. I I really think there's some kind of connection. So are you ready for your game changer? Game changer moment. So Addie, I think tonight's game changer moment will definitely have to be the end where we see another ice queen, which begs the question, who is she? Where did she come from? And it kind of ties into almost Eliana's feedback that she sent us. So we were introduced to a lady who owns an ice cream shop. (laughs) And yeah, surprise. (laughs) And it makes me wonder though, how long has she been in Storybrooke? Well, this is the first time we've seen her. I mean, that is the ice cream shop though. But remember, they all, you know, went to the Enchanted Forest and then came back. So we don't know what came back, who came back. That's true. They don't have a census that they didn't do in Lost or what they did in Lost that they (laughs) didn't do in Storybrooke. So there's a connection there. (laughs) <laughs> besides the actress it, this actress means so much to me she, <laughs> she you see her in lost she plays a key point too and then you see her on story break you're like oh this this means business now so i was driving and it's funny that you know aliana's theories when i reread that i was like hey that's almost a theory that i had of who is this ice queen mm-hmm. my initial thought was that she's the real mom and she was banished and Gave, uh, gave her kid away to the, the king and queen of the land. So Elsa's really her daughter. My second is almost kind of like the uh, Sleeping Beauty um, Maleficent storyline where the uh, Snow Queen cursed their family. Kind of along the lines of what Aliana was saying too. Cursed the family and said their newborn will have, uh, you know, ice magic. And if you don't give me your kingdom... She's going to grow up to be a villain. So those are kind of the two theories that were spinning in my head. And when I read Eliana's, I was like, wow, that's much better theory. But, you know. <laughs> well thought out. Again, I don't go that deep. And seeing her, I, I think I was just distracted because she was the actress from Lost. But um, <laughs> I was thinking when it ended, how long has she been there? Did she come with, you know, the, the change coming back from the Enchanted Forest? And... Because she has never spoken up or caused anything. I, I just wonder, what is the degree of this? Is she, the second she sees Elsa, is that when the battle begins? Is is her anger tied to them and the family? Maybe she does have resentment towards that family. I mean, there has to be a connection. Obviously, they both have the ice magic. Maybe she knows where Anna is. In Anna's journey, she came across this ice queen and that's why Anna's missing. She probably has her captive. Gary. We will see. I yeah. mean, there's many theories that can go around of who she is and what's the relationship and where 
how does she tie in to all the other characters in Storybrooke? Like when when we first see Elsa and Anna, I'm like, how are they going to tie them with the characters that are already there? And they did an awesome job taking it back to pre-charming days. Yeah, what do you think of uh, David's long hair? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he cut it. Yeah, it looks much better. <laughs> Another thing too that I'm kind of seeing is that there's there's no clear villain yet, but there's a lot of villains. So there's, there's rising villains. There's rising villains. Like, and you have to wonder like, hmm. Yeah, we don't know which way this is really going to go. Right. Elsa was seen as a villain in the beginning. Again, just misunderstanding. But you have Rumpel in love, Honeymoon, in his in his workshop or pawn shop. And then you have um, Regina mourning and planning, plotting, whatever she's doing behind those doors. And now you have the Ice Queen or the Snow Queen but you also have Bo Peep. Yeah. That's, it's very interesting. Really. I'm hoping we get some, some action. Cause these past two episodes <laughs> have been very mellow. They're building, they're building yeah, they're they laying are. the foundation and then you get to see the fight and then you see the happy ending. Yeah. Oh, and there's one more that's tied to this and was not brought up at all. Was this, was the uh, sorcerer's hat. What is it called? Yeah, what happened to that? We don't. There's no that storyline just kind of took a break real quick. But yeah, I I'm interested to see what that hat is going to bring. Will is, that hat play key into finding finding Anna or help control the Snow Queen when things get rough? Yeah, I can't wait till they kind of dig into that that storyline because I want to see what exactly that sorcerer's hat is used for. Like you said, it could be a portal. Maybe not. Uh, maybe once it's in the hands of somebody, they can take the power. Not sure. But again, rising rising villains, rising, just a lot of opportunities for characters that are unknown that are going to surface. Do you think Elsa knows of another Ice Queen or Snow Queen? Because she was shocked when she was like, how come I can't take this down? When she's trying to take down the wall, her wall, and she's I like... I think she's very naive. She doesn't know. She doesn't know anything. She's very closed off with all that magic because, you know, like you said, she saw that as a. She she just saw that, hey, I normally can undo this, but now I can't. What's the reasoning? Something's wrong here. So I think she just has that feeling. She doesn't know exactly there's somebody behind this, maybe her villain. Wherever there's a good, there's always a bad. And you have Elsa as the good and you have Snow Queen as the evil one. She's in town. She's brewing. Or icing, so. She's serving up ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. So I think about this point, we're just going to wrap this up. And I just want to quickly mention, if you want to be on the show, whether it's a shout out, we read your email, or you have your voicemail played and we just elaborate and have you next to us, or you want to actually talk with us and do an episode with us, simply go to beyondstorybrook.com and you'll find out all the links on how to contact us. And... If you want to join us beyond Storybrooke, go to Facebook and then we have a group there just for Beyond Storybrooke. Again, that link is on beyondstorybrooke.com. But if you want to just know it now, it's facebook.com slash groups slash beyond Storybrooke. All right. Thanks for listening. And we hope you join us next week. <laughs>